welcome to GYSB Talks. I am your host, Carla Palmer, founder and creator of GYSB. Get your sexy back, health and fitness movement. Over 13 years ago, I lost over 50 pounds and on that journey, I found joy, peace and more self-love. That's how the GYSB movement got started because I wanted to share with other people what I had found for myself. And now in my 50s, I'm still on this journey. And now I'm starting to navigate some of the inevitable changes that come with aging. So GYSB Talks will cover topics that will help women in their 40s, 50s, and 60s get to their next level of optimal living. Physically, mentally, spiritually, financially, and in relationships. Guys, I'm so glad you're here. Now, let's get into today's topic, shall we? Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of GYSB Talks. Get your sexy back. Hello, guys. This is Carla Palmer. I am your host for today, for every episode. This is a podcast for women in their 50s who want to elevate to their next level of optimal living. And today we have Tabitha Jones, Corporate Career Growth Coach with us. Hello, Tabitha. Thank you for being here. Hi, Carla. Thanks so much for having me today. I'm so excited about this episode for so many reasons. (laughs) I want to introduce Tabitha. Tabitha Jones is a career growth coach based in the San Francisco Bay Area. She works with Gen X female leaders who are ready to land their dream job, get promoted, and step into their confidence for ultimate career fulfillment. Tabitha transitioned into coaching after spending 30 plus years in corporate America, where she enjoyed climbing the ladder and leading large, high-performing technical teams in the telecommunications industry. At the age of 51, she decided it's now or never and took the leap from her executive director role in entrepreneurship and coaching full-time. She now spends every day coaching Gen X women in her areas of passion, job interview prep, leadership development, and confidence. Tabitha, again, thank you. Thank you. All right. So <laughs> we're going to get into this. And, you know, it's it's funny. You guys would not believe the challenges that I have had getting this episode up <laughs> and ready to record. <laughs> and it's a perfect, it's perfect timing. I'm so glad it happened with, with Tabitha. I had some challenges, technical challenges. We were going to do it in video format. That wasn't connecting properly. And then we decided to do it in audio format and that wasn't working properly. But now we're here and we're going to have this conversation. And I like that it's really focused on career confidence. We want to talk about some of the challenges and roadblocks that Gen X women face when it comes to career growth. And so Tabitha, like the, the first thing I want to start with was how did you get into coaching Gen X women in the first place? That's a really great question. So I had dabbled in coaching a little bit kind of on the side from my corporate job. And I did a lot of coaching within my corporate job. And I loved it. Like it was my absolute favorite thing to do out of Mm -hmm. all the things I had with my job. And what I realized as I was speaking with more and more people is Gen X women in this season of our lives, we have so many different things going on. Mm -hmm. I've noticed some really common things that I know I can help resolve so that these ladies can start feeling like their best selves and getting out there and really presenting themselves and going after those career goals that are so important to them. 
Mm-hmm. You know, we've got another, what, 10 to 20 years, depending on you and your plans and your goals to work. So why not be happy? And why not be continuing to make progress up that ladder rather than just kind of feeling like you need to sit back or you need to wait and let help everybody else get ahead? Mm-hmm. It's our mm-hmm. turn, ladies. And I want to be the one that helps you get there. I love it. What were some of the common things that you were noticing? Oh, so... I'm going to tell you out of everyone I've spoken to women, um, Mm -hmm. we're just going to stick with women on this one for sure, but truly imposter syndrome. Mm -hmm. So it sounds like different things to different people. Some people, it sounds like I'm just too old or they think I'm too old or other people are saying, well, I can't do her job as well as she does. I'm not as polished. I'm not as poised. So a lot of imposter syndrome and that negative self-talk comes in there. Also, you know, some of our generational ways of being. So mm-hmm. I don't know about you, but when I was brought up, you know, I was taught you better find something to do or I'm going to give you something to do. Mm-hmm. And when mm-hmm. someone gave me something to do, it was chores. <laughs> oh, yeah. It wasn't. I'm going to give you some money to go see a movie. I'm going to give you some chores. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think we learned, you know, from a young age to stay busy and just kind of stay under the radar and get things done. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think that sticks with us and we feel like we're going to get ahead or we're going to get what we want if we just keep pleasing people by being busy. So Mm -hmm. we forget about some aspects that are important there. Also, we probably, many of us, I know I did, grew up with the just work hard, stay quiet, work hard, somebody will notice and you'll get what you want. Nope. Nope. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly the right answer. But we don't realize it or we don't feel like, you know, we should be speaking up for ourselves. So those are a couple of things. And, you know, Carla, one of the things that is said to me by so many women is, well, I, I haven't interviewed in a long time. I don't really know how to but I want to make sure I don't come across as cocky. We are so afraid of being perceived as cocky or bragging or a variety of other words, right? But truly confidence is none of those things. And the women I speak to don't even have the ability to be cocky. Like they absolutely don't. They just need Mm -hmm. help with their confidence. So those are some real common things that, that I come across as I'm working with Gen X women. Mm Mm-hmm. I think one of the things that you said, right, like, I'm gonna, if you don't find something to do, I'm going to give you something to do. It's, it's really interesting. To me, it goes to, like, work-life balance, too, for some of us. So, like, say, for example, me, right? I have a job. I am a fundraiser. It's a, I think I just said fundraiser, fundraiser. <laughs> Well, make sure I clarify that I did not mean fundraiser because (laughs) there are a lot of things that are not fun about the role that I have as a director of development. But, you know, as if I were to think about leaving my job and going into uncharted territory, I would feel like what is going to happen to my work life harmony that I have at least made an attempt to create with let's just to call it the devil I know right so right. I, I know what I'm dealing with at my job I know what's coming I'm well sometimes I know what's coming but I kind of I have a good sense right of how things go throughout the year so if I were to say oh I'm going to leave my job and go get another job somewhere else maybe it's corporate America out of the nonprofit sector maybe I could make more money but there's a fear of gosh am I going to get more chores to do? Like if I go and get another job, am I going to have to deal with different personalities that I'm not familiar with? Like there's a fear there that things are going to be worse and that the grass is not always greener. So do you ever hear people talking about any of those fears, even if they're unhappy with the job that they currently have? Oh, absolutely. In fact, some of those things are what have kept women in jobs for much longer than they wanted to be there is because of that fear. Mm -hmm. But you know, my question to them and to you would be, 
are you more fearful of waking up at this job every day for the next 10 years and feeling unfulfilled? Mm -hmm. Or are you more fearful of getting out and trying some new thing and finding out maybe it's the place you belong? Mm. And, you know, every time we make a change in our lives, we're going to meet new people. We're going to take on new responsibilities. We're going to maybe have a bigger role, hopefully, because I love promotions, right? (laughs) But at the end of the day, it's up to us to set our boundaries. So yeah, you're going to take a new job. You're going to work really hard in the beginning because you're learning and getting familiar with the company and building relationships. But over time, and I'm not talking a year, I'm not even talking six months, you will learn what your day should look like and you will manage it accordingly. Mm -hmm. It's all boundaries, right? So if you don't answer the phone on the weekends because you have other activities in your life, but your boss is a workaholic, you need to have a conversation and it may be uncomfortable. I've had to do this in my past, right? I had a former leader and coworker that worked all the time and I had just been promoted to a director. So I wanted to be the one, right? I wanted to show that I was ready. I wanted to be in all the conversations. But what I realized is they worked all the time, literally all the time. And I was talking to a friend and she said, you know, you teach people what to expect of you (laughs) and what to expect. So if you're answering emails on your vacation, Mm -hmm. if you're answering your phone in the middle of the night or responding to emails at 11 p.m., that's expected. So I took that to heart and I had a great conversation with my boss and the coworker and shared with them how I wanted to work, shared with them the impact of the way they were working and how it was impacting not only me, but their teams. Like you don't realize sometimes, and you know, as women, we feel like we've got to do so many things, but what is the impact? What's the ripple effect of that, that you're having on other people without even noticing, Mm -hmm. you know, and you'll, you'll see that. And, you know, sometimes you got to take a risk because like I did with jumping into coaching full-time, I could have sat in my older years thinking, wow, I wonder what would have happened if... Or I could just rip the Band-Aid off, jump in and go give it a go and, and yeah. see, you know, yeah. it's, it's all up to you. It really is. And I, I look at where I am now. So I have been at my job almost 20 years and I am the oldest employee at the company. And when I say that, I mean, almost in age, but not quite, but I am older than my CEO. But then I look at like how long anyone has ever stayed at the organization I am the person who has stayed the longest out of the history of the 43 years the organization has been in existence. (laughs) Wow. So that is an accomplishment in many ways, right? It's an accomplishment. Stop laughing. (laughs) But if it's not 100% where you are feeling connected and, you know, like you're able to grow, then it may be time to have some conversations with yourself and others to see what's next. Mm -hmm. Are there some exercises that you do with um, the people that you coach to help them kind of figure out some of the things that they might want to do next? Like maybe they don't know what they want to do, but they know that they don't want to be there. Yeah, generally, you know, before someone comes to work with me, I like for them to have a really good idea, a general map. So we know if we're heading south or if we're heading, you know, which direction (laughs) are we going? Mm -hmm. Um, So what I'll ask them to do is really just make a list. And it sounds really simple, right? But just a list of what do you love about your job? What do you not love about your job? What's missing from your current job? And start really visualizing, you know, what does success look like to you? Mm -hmm. Because it's different for all of us. For some people, success is I want to stay in this role forever. I want to mentor the new people coming in. I want to teach them great things. I want to, I want to be here and make a difference in this company. I just love it so much. 
Mm -hmm. And that's fine. For other people, it's like, oh my gosh, I never want to do this one thing again. And if I, <laughs> if I have to do it for five more months, I'm just going to throw up. So, you know, getting that stuff on paper so that you can look at it as a really clear roadmap is helpful. Mm -hmm. And from there, the other thing I say is think about industries and actual roles that you might be interested in. Mm -hmm. So where I am a closet tech nerd. You wouldn't believe it based on before this call, uh, but, <laughs> before this podcast. but um, I think tech is so fascinating and it's always changing and the days are never different. I know that if I were to go to corporate, I would be looking again at tech roles and fast moving for other people. You know, it's, I want to make a difference. I want to be in healthcare or making a difference in people's nutrition. So think about those types of things and just really get it on paper so we can start narrowing it down. Mm -hmm. Because once it's narrow, it's a lot easier to, to pick that path forward. Mm -hmm. And then from that point forward, like, do you guys look at the list and the things that they say that they love about their career, about their current job? Do you look at that and see what the skills are from those things that they love and use that as a way to look at the skills that will transfer into a role that has more of what you want in a role? Is that how you do it? Yeah, that's absolutely a great question. Exactly. So those transferable skills are everything. And believe it or not, every skill is transferable. So <laughs> sometimes it's just a matter of changing your language, right? Um, and that's a big part of some of my clients' initial coaching sessions is getting those skills and all that experience down on paper so we can make the language transferable, get it on a resume and get it into your interview prep in a way that makes sense so that you can get those new jobs or get those mm -hmm. promotions, right? The language is so important. Mm -hmm. The language is really important. And, and what's even more important, well, equally as important is being able to articulate the language that's on the resume, right? So you can get somebody to zhuzh your resume up as much as possible and it look great, but then you do the work with them to help them articulate in a way that makes sense and in a way that allows them to articulate it confidently in an interview to really highlight those skills that are on the resume, right? Absolutely. Yeah. It's a really good question too. So to give kind of an example is I work with primarily women in leadership. So they're already manager, director, VP. And sometimes, you know, I'll just ask the most basic question because I'll hear, well, I'm pretty good at interviewing or I'm petrified of interviewing. There's no in between. It's no, one, there's no in between. The <laughs> right. And, you know, I'll start with, a, okay, so tell me about yourself as if I'm interviewing. And almost always women will dive into personal mm. or technical, mm -hmm. where if you're applying for a vice president role, I'll ask, is that what you would want to hear if you were interviewing a candidate? Because mm. The, the hiring manager wants to get to know you on a personal level once you have the job. <laughs> so right. We right. want to make sure we eliminate, you know, some of that stuff that could lead to some bias. But definitely, you know, bringing in your leadership strategies, your accomplishments that you're really proud of and condensing that into a 30 to 60 second elevator pitch uh, right mm -hmm. out of the gate. Makes that definitely difference. requires practice. Yeah, because yeah, we just, you know, especially those of us who are on more on the chatty side, like myself, Same. you just, you just start <laughs> talking and it's like, girl, what are you talking about? Like, stay focused. <laughs> <Okay>. Right. It's, <laughs> you know, that's the one thing I caution people with all the time is sometimes you go into an interview and it's very conversational. The mm -hmm. person's super relaxed. And the next thing you know, they know all about your favorite coffee, what kind of dogs yes. you have, what shows you watch on TV. They know nothing about your experience. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah. So then when you do the mock interviewing, you actually pretend like you are the hiring 
person. I do. And Mm -hmm. I will, I call it my fishing expeditions. I don't Mm. fish. I don't do sports, but that is my thing, right? Because I'm going to push you to give me examples that are impactful. Mm-hmm. I don't want to know about a little disagreement you had with a coworker behind the scenes. I want to know about a time where you went and you pushed back on something major that came down and how you handled it. I want to know, you know, I'm going to push to get you to explain to me in your answers what you've accomplished mm-hmm. and to feel confident in speaking about it. Mm-hmm. I've had, <laughs> so I've got a couple of tricks that I use with the tell me about yourself and a couple of tricks I use with the questions you ask at the end. And I've had clients say, well, can I do that? <laughs> yeah, you can do whatever you want. You're the boss Anything you room. want. Like, just take charge. <laughs> okay, you're not the boss in that room. You're not the boss at all. Take that back. Um, but you know what? It's just confidence. Well, isn't that going to come across as cocky? No, it's going to tell this person that you're capable and confident. So um, I do a lot of, uh, I'd say, mindset work in that space, just helping women get comfortable speaking about themselves. Mm-hmm. Do they do that? Do you have them do like the mirror exercise, like practicing in the mirror and stuff? Oh, my gosh. Sometimes what I like to do is I have a client who amazing client. She's number two in sales in her company. She was going after this big job and she was so nervous. And the interview was uh, it's kind of toward the beginning of the year. But I remember at Thanksgiving time we were practicing and. I said, here's what I want you to do. (laughs) I want you to print all these questions that I'm going to send you. I want you to cut them and put them on little slips of paper and put them in a jar. And while you're cooking Thanksgiving dinner, anytime someone comes in the kitchen, they have to ask you one of the questions out of the jar. Oh, that's so creative. (laughs) It was fun. Her whole family got to be involved and she just was able to spout it out because she couldn't look at her notes, right? We take some notes and make bullet points when we're working together, but you've got to be able to speak off the cuff. Mm. And she said it was fun. The whole family got involved. So, you know, there's definitely different strategies like that, that we use to make it fun and, and everyone's different, right? So we've got to find that thing that, that makes it fun for the individual. And you know what, you know what I love about that exercise is that the family does get involved and then they see what kind of pressure you're under, right? You know, as you're preparing for this potential job shift and, or this promotion, they see what kind of pressure you're under. And so they're a part of that process, which to me is just amazing. Can we talk a little bit about the importance of networking and how to go about networking when you are thinking about career changes and where to go and how to be confident in those networking environments? Because a lot of people feel like they don't do that well. I'm fine with it. I love that's like I love networking. That's my jam. But there are some people who are like, I would never go to a networking event by myself. Right. And that is uh, definitely us being more extroverted. It's easier, I would say, for us because Mm -hmm. of the fact that we are probably both always making new connections and Mm -hmm. having coffee with strangers and just starting up conversations. You know, I have Mm -hmm. a really introverted friend and we were having coffee and she's just like, I'm so uncomfortable talking to people. You just talk to everybody around us. I said, well, do you like dogs? And she said, no. And I said, I don't think we can be friends. And we started (laughs) laughing, right? (laughs) Because... That's an easy way in, right? You see someone with a dog. Oh my gosh, your dog is so cute. What kind of dog is it? And just make it really comfortable, right? I said, okay, you don't like dogs. I'm still going to be your friend for a minute. That's your one flaw you get to have. If I find any more, we're done. (laughs) And so um, I said, okay, we're drinking coffee. What if you walk over to that person and say, oh my gosh, it's my first time here. This coffee was so good. What did you order? Okay. Oh, well, that's not weird at all. I'm like, it's not weird at all, right? It's all about building relationships. So in the workplace and the pandemic made things really odd in so many ways, as we know, right? But when everybody shifted to working from home, visibility took a huge back burner Mm -hmm. and it hasn't ramped up. 
Mm-hmm. So visibility and networking. But the interesting thing is right now in today's job market, that's the one thing that's working. Mm-hmm. That's the one thing that's getting applicants into an interview room faster than anything else. Mm-hmm. So um, a couple of things. One is if you're at a company and you want to advance within the company, you need to be networking within that company. So making sure people know who you are, that could look like following up with someone you don't know very well after a meeting mm-hmm. and just having a conversation. It could look like scheduling an informational interview with a leader in a department that you want to work in and having very specific questions so you get what you want from the conversation. One of my favorite things to do at work is joining ERGs, those employee mm-hmm. resource groups. Mm-hmm. You can learn in those groups, you can share, you can take on roles of leadership. So mm-hmm. let's say you want to become a leader and you're not yet, get on the board, mm-hmm. become a sponsor, mm-hmm. get involved. Um, so those are some really simple ways if you're wanting to promote within the company. Mm-hmm. Um, outside of the company or if you're on a job search, connecting with people on LinkedIn. I have people ask me for introductions all the time. Oh, hey, you worked at Comcast. You know someone in this department? Well, I sure do. Let me connect you. Um Posting on LinkedIn to get people to connect with you in authentic ways and then reaching out to them is a good way mm-hmm. or commenting on someone else's post mm-hmm. and then going and making connections with people that have commented there because you've got something in common to start mm-hmm. with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, those are all great. And I, I love LinkedIn, by the way. Oh, good. And <laughs> one of the, yeah, one of the things that, you know, you can really I've, I mean, I've raised dollars on LinkedIn for our foster youth. But one of the things that people can do on LinkedIn, especially if they want engagement, is to encourage engagement. And always when you do a post, the majority of the time have a call to action like, hey, this is the post. And then you say, tell me what you think about X, Y, and Z. Right. And so you're inviting people to come and comment and then making sure that you're following up on the comments that they put in the comment section. And I think it generates like a great discussion. And another thing, keep politics off of LinkedIn. (laughs) Oh, please, please keep politics <laughs> off of LinkedIn. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> That's the I worst. See. Like, we see it everywhere else. Just keep it uh, there. <laughs> the worst arguments on LinkedIn. And I'm uh. like, you are representing your company on LinkedIn. You have to be so careful about how you do that. <laughs> I always say, save that for the next door up. That's where everybody wants to pick on everybody. Oh, my God. Next door will make you so upset you want to jump through the phone. It's the worst. It's the worst. <laughs> but I can't stop know- reading. <laughs> You, you want to know if your neighbors are racist? Just go on next door. You will find out quickly. You will find out really quickly. Uh, one of the things that you talked about, oh, were you going to say something else? No, go ahead. Yeah. One of the things that you just mentioned when we were talking about networking, you were talking about um, kind of the loss of that personal in-person connection and being in this virtual world that we have been in since the pandemic. And, you know, I've shifted to remote work and so many people have, which has opened up more opportunities for us to work, you know, across the globe, really, if we want to. But the thing is, I think a lot of Gen Xers, I've heard them say that they're not as comfortable with technology. They've had some struggles being virtual and getting set up and and navigating in in a virtual space and learning new technology. So what do you say to people who have that fear? And that's a part of their hesitance when thinking about career changes. What do you say to people when it comes to, because you're a techie, right? You're a tech person. I am. I like tech a lot, but I fight with it, as you know, very personally. (laughs) Um, So... You know, what I say is, what are you really afraid of? What's the worst that can happen? And one of the things that we don't want to be perceived at work as is old or Mm -hmm. outdated. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Well, the only way to make sure that we stay relevant and we continue to grow and continue to add that value is by trying new things. Mm-hmm. And there's nothing bad is going to come from it. I mean, we're, we're grownups. We know don't put your personal information out there, right? It's, it's easy, mm-hmm. but go and try it. Go get on camera. Nobody cares what your makeup looks like as much as you do. Mm. So, you know, don't look at yourself, just get on camera and build that connection by making eye contact with somebody on zoom. Right. The interesting thing too, is things like chat GPT. Mm-hmm. When I say the word chat GPT, my husband gets tense mm. and I'm like, what are you so nervous about? <laughs> the hundred, a hundred million monthly users on right. chat GPT. Over. Right. Well, I will tell you, I was having a day and I was just really struggling with summarizing something I was working on. I'm like, mm-hmm. you know what? Today's the day. Why am mm-hmm. I struggling with it? I keep hearing all these great things about chat GPT. Let's see what happens. Mm-hmm. I plugged it in and I am not lying. In 30 seconds, it was mm-hmm. done. Mm-hmm. Like I had to change some things a little mm-hmm. bit just mm-hmm. to get to the right verbiage and change it and update a few facts and stats. But I was like, oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. So my point in sharing that is that our generation, we didn't have computers in our houses. Mm-hmm. We learned how to use them. We didn't have Google. We knew how to do, and we still know how to do everything the hard way. Mm-hmm. But once we started using Google, think of all the hours we saved by not going to the library. It's so true. <laughs> Especially it's so true. that we're adults, getting our degrees as adults. Yeah. So we have to continue to try new things. And will we fail? Yeah, we're going to struggle. We're going to maybe have to raise our hand and ask our kid for help, you know, but that's okay. Mm-hmm. We taught them how to use a spoon. I say that all the time. <laughs> we taught them how to use a spoon. They can teach us how to use chat GPT. <laughs> yeah. No, I, yeah, I think there's like, there's fear of like, oh my gosh, I got to set it up. I got to, well, you know, what, what's the, the perceived time and energy require us to learn these new things and adapt to these new technologies. I think that that's a part of the fear too. It's like, I don't have time to do that. I'm taking care of my family. I'm helping to still raise my kids. I'm married. I'm taking care of my husband. I might be caring for aging parents. I'm working my job and doing the things that I need to do to keep my job. Right. And now I got to learn something new. Right. (laughs) I know, but I ask you, is your bigger fear becoming irrelevant Mm -hmm. or is your bigger fear investing a little time up front? Mm -hmm. So for me, my bad habit is Candy Crush. (laughs) I can spend hours (laughs) upon hours on Candy Crush. So what I did one day is I said, well, I haven't done this thing because I have no time. And then I looked at my hand and I was like, oh snap. I could be doing this thing instead for 20 minutes. Like you don't have to put a five hour investment in something up front in one day, Carla, you can do 20 minutes. You can do 10 minutes. You can have a podcast playing in the background while you're making dinner or while you're taking care of that parent Mm -hmm. or driving the kids to school. They can listen to a podcast. It's a, it's good for them, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's a little education. So Mm -hmm. there are ways to get that education and stay relevant without a lot of time investment. I love it. I think that's that's the best advice, right? Baby steps, but take a step or crawl or do something. Don't just sit there. Because, you know, one of the things that I was talking about with Camille, you were on Camille's Life at the Half podcast, which is a great podcast, by the way. So if you guys are really into information and, and great talks for Gen Xers, Life at the Half is a great podcast. Um, both Tabitha and I have been guests on there. And Tabitha is a guest here. And I found her on Life at the Half. And I'll be interviewing Camille soon, too. So if you want to stay connected with us, please check out Life at the Half. 
But one of the things that you guys were talking about on there was, um, I know I forgot what I was about to say. See, that's what I do. I do this, like all this chatting <laughs> and then I can't remember what I was about to say. I forgot. Darn it. We uh, were talking a little bit about just taking some action. Just one small step. Oh, one of the things that I was talking to, thank you. I was talking to Camille about how um, Gen Xers feel like they're, you know, the invisible generation. Mm -hmm. And I was saying to her on the episode that we recorded is just to make sure we're not hiding and we are not becoming irrelevant. You know, it's it. we want to blame everything on society, but what are we doing to stay relevant and to stay above board and to be seen? And I think one of the things that you were talking about when you were on her podcast, too, is, you know, making sure that we show up as who we want to be. Right. Making yeah. sure that, that we're not walking around in our lounge pants, our yoga pants all day and like really putting ourselves together well to be received the way that we want to be received. Yeah, absolutely. And think about how you feel when you're slouchy in your pajamas mm -hmm. versus how you feel when you have your entire ensemble on and you know you're on point. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I did share that on her show. It's so funny. I was having a day and I just was like, so blah, right? Just, what is going on? And then I said, you know, I give people advice all the time for job interviews. Even if you're on Zoom, dress head to toe as if you're in that office and you are going to get that position. Oh, I love that. So I went up to my closet. And I put on my clothes <laughs> head to toe. And I was like, oh, there she is. You know, uh -huh. it makes a difference. It makes a difference in how you hold yourself. It makes a difference in your confidence. Mm -hmm. If I run into somebody in the grocery store and I'm in my pajamas, I'm not making eye contact. If mm -hmm. I run into them and I am dressed for success, I'm walking up to them. The same applies no matter where you're at, whether mm -hmm. it's at work, on Zoom, in your neighborhood. So it's mm -hmm. very important to feel and, put together. And can I do one additional thing? I want to tie that into the way that we present into our, our physical health, right? Mm -hmm. Because a lot of people spent a lot, a great deal of the pandemic in their yoga pants, you know, the elastic waist outfits. And then when it was time to go back to work or go somewhere where you had to dress professionally, your clothes did not fit. Mm -hmm. They didn't fit. That's another thing that's going to take a little stab at your confidence. Because Absolutely. your clothes aren't fitting, you already don't feel prepared, right? And then when it's time for you to get ready for the interview, or maybe even go in physically for the interview, you don't have anything to wear. But so we can't we can't let ourselves go is basically what I'm trying to say. We can't let our let, let ourselves go physically. We can't let ourselves go mentally. We should always be growing and evolving in the right direction so that we can remain relevant. So important. Yeah. I love that. It is absolutely. It is so important. And um, I'm just going to tell you a little funny story because you talked about the clothes fitting. <laughs> so on earlier this week, I was at Comcast doing a small group coaching for this little group of leads. I say little group. It was six people that were in the room. Mm -hmm. And we were talking and I was asking, you know, kind of what prevents you from getting out and getting more visible? Why you've got this whole corporation at your fingertips. Why are you not? Right. And I hear the, the usual expected answer as well. You know, this person just seems so put together and so unapproachable and so this and so that. And I said, well, I'm going to be really honest with you right now. Mm. I, said, well, I walked in here. You maybe thought I looked really put together. I got on the bag and the shoes and the great outfit and I'm feeling good and I'm holding myself with confidence. I said, but guess what? Underneath all this, my waistband is killing me. <laughs> like I cannot wait to get out of this room to take my pants off. But none of you knew that for the last hour and a half. Right. And the light bulbs that went on around the room was mm -hmm. so great because it was such a simple analogy of mm -hmm. everybody that looks like they have it put together. They've got something going on. 
that's uncomfortable. Yeah. And I picked something light, right? But I mean, the woman walking in with her head held high and her $15,000 purse and shoe set, she might be way, way, way in debt or struggling with a family member that has health issues. Like you Listen. don't know. We're mm-hmm. all human. We're mm-hmm. all human. Mm-hmm. So put yourself out there. That was my whole point with them. Like, stop being shy. Stop holding back. Stop holding back. And yeah, I love it. I love that. That's so good. Um, so as we're wrapping up, can you talk about some of the services that you offer? Yeah, thank you for that. Um, so all of my services are virtual. So I meet with clients across the country. We meet on Zoom, mostly because I love meeting people from everywhere and mm-hmm. Recording calls is super helpful. Um, So I do offer one-on-one career growth coaching um, where we focus on a lot of what we spoke about today. So all of that confidence building and career growth goals and professional growth. Um, I offer group coaching. So right now I have a mastermind program, which includes everything you need to know to start landing more interviews in the next five weeks. And because the hiring situation right now is so weird that it it's weird. I'm actually offering six full months of group support in that program. So oh, pretty wow. excited. And then yeah, it's a it's a good one. I'm I'm really excited about that one. So we could be here all day talking about that one. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I also offer speaking and group training as well as resumes writing services, but I include a lot of strategy with my resume writing. So you don't mm-hmm. leave me with just a pretty resume. You leave me with a functional resume that you know how to use. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Those are my core services, but I always look forward to speaking with individuals that need career advice or help. And I do offer complimentary 30 minute career strategy chats for anyone who needs it. And then can you talk about your coffee chats or do you do those regularly? I do. Thank you for bringing that up. Oh my gosh. Thank you for coming to that. I do. I just shifted to the second Saturday of every month at 9am Pacific And I talk about a variety of career topics. Um, So in June, for example, it was all about career transition strategy. July is going to be, it's a secret right now because my brain just went blank. Yep. July is all about networking and visibility. I was like, I know it was just right on the top of my head. So that's a good um, one. Yeah, I'm really, I love talking about networking and visibility. I can't get enough of that. And I hope my audience loves it too, because they're going to hear more. Um, And then August, I have a friend of mine coming on who is a life coach and Reiki master. And we're going to be talking about ways to manage stress mm. and bring in more joy during the job search. So got some uh, good topics coming up in the hopper. Oh, you guys. So definitely connect with Tabitha on LinkedIn. because That's what I did. I heard her on another podcast and I connected with her on LinkedIn. And I'm so glad that I did. <laughs> Me too. Oh my gosh. So good. So glad that I did. Um, so yeah, connect with her on LinkedIn. And I'm so glad that you joined me today, Tabitha. And I hope that the audience got some great takeaways, you know, a deeper understanding of the role of career confidence when it comes to professional growth and like just really understanding that your age should not stop you from dreaming big and taking action to reach your career goal, the goal that's going to make you really happy, the the dream job that you want, you can get it at any age, right? Just, you know, practical strategies to boost confidence and really getting some insight into overcoming the challenges and, and, and immediate actionable steps that we need to take to start this journey to get the role that we love. So 
I hope that those were the takeaways that people got because that was the goal of this episode. And also just to show people how fabulous you are Um, and so personable. I mean, you know, somebody who's had your level of success and, you know, sometimes you, you meet people who aren't so easy to talk to when they've had like uber successful careers, but you're so down to earth. And you're just just real and sweet. And I just am so glad that you came on the podcast today. Oh, my gosh. Thank you so much for having me, Carla. (laughs) And I look forward to chatting with you very soon. Absolutely. And if you guys want to stay connected with me, you can find me on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. I am G-Y-S-B Movement. Um, If you have any people that you'd like to you know, have me check out to possibly be on the podcast, let me know. And there's always a Q&A section or some kind of poll to answer on the uh, episode. So you look for that in the bottom and you can engage there. I'd love it if you would do that. Leave a comment. Let me know what you thought about the episode. And uh, let's say connected. You can email me at gysbmovement at gmail.com. All of this, including ways to get connected with Tabitha, will be in the episode show notes. Again, thank you so much for joining. And I look forward to seeing you very soon. Thank you. All content on this podcast and any linked blog, podcast, webinar, course, or video material is created and produced for informational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice and should not be relied on as health advice. The information is general and may not be suitable for your personal circumstances or complete health objectives. Do not use this content as a standalone resource to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease for therapeutic purposes or as a substitute for the advice of a health professional. Never delay seeking advice or disregard the advice of a medical professional based on our content here on this podcast. If you have questions or concerns about your health or medical condition, please seek guidance from a medical professional.